Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer, a motivational speaker, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And today I'm so excited because we're going to finish up a two-part series called How to Make Fearless Food Decisions, Conquer Cravings, and Eat Foods That You Love Without Stress and Guilt. And I think we all need to hear about that a little bit more. So join uh, my guest today, Kathy Lehman. She's been a guest many times on my show. She's a dietitian, a nutrition therapist, and a certified personal trainer. Welcome, Kathy. So glad to have you back again. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Becky. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. What is this, like time number seven or something? (laughs) I don't know. That sounds about right. Yeah, I've kind of lost count, but um, (laughs) we've had you on several times, and it's always just, you're just always so informative and helpful. So, Kathy, before we get into part two, why don't we do a a quick recap of part one, because I I want you to remind um, people what they heard last week, and if they forgot, they can always go back and play it again, but, but maybe you can bring them up to speed a little bit. Sure. Well, we covered so many things. We had five questions that we dug into, or actually four questions that we dug into pretty deeply. So what I thought I would do is just give a big overview is is the topic that we're exploring is it goes beyond just what survivors of breast cancer should be eating, what they should be putting on their plate, what foods they should be shopping for, what sort of recipes they should be making. This is going broader than that in looking at how our relationship with food, our fears around food as a survivor, second guessing our choices about our health with food really can impact our ability to fuel ourselves well. And I would say move forward in our um, survivor recovery. When I say survivor recovery, I mean, just being that thriver, being as healthy as we possibly can, because when you get stuck in these food issues, it holds you back from moving forward with embracing food and recognizing food for what it is as fuel and nutrients. And, um, you know, just, a, a, it's our right to eat food and enjoy it. <laughs> and, the, and oftentimes <laughs> that gets lost in the whole concern over, am I eating the right thing? Will this make my cancer come back? Will this make my cancer worse? So we've been talking about that as, as big concepts for that. Yeah, we have. And and I, I'm really glad that we are doing that because I, I think that as survivors, you know, we, we already have enough on our plate trying to, you know, do all the right things and make all the right choices. And when you've got this food fear, you know, as we talked about last time, um, you know, where you're you're fearful of, of eating anything that's not on some list that you've been handed or whatever, and you give up your favorite things because there's just all that you know, concern about it being the wrong thing. So, you know, I, I don't know. Um, so I really appreciate, the, you know, where we've gone with this conversation. So, um, and I know we talked last time about fearful food decisions and and fearless food decisions and and overcoming the guilt from it. And all those things are really important. So I imagine we'll probably touch on those a little bit more today. Am I right? Yeah, sure. I, okay. I can just share really quickly about that from last week is, we talked about the difference between making fear, as you said, fearless food decisions, which are making food choices with confidence mm-hmm. and knowing you're doing the best you can and eliminating that judgment around your choices. Stop second guessing yourself. Stop beating yourself up if you eat something that isn't a fruit or vegetable and feeling guilty about that. Um, those are fearless food decisions. That's getting back to enjoying food and feeling, um, I would say, you know, a sense of peace, food peace when you eat rather than food stress and anxiety. And the thing that drives the opposite of that, those fearful food decisions is lack of knowledge about how diet and food and nutrition really do impact breast cancer because someone may have gotten a lot of conflicting information because that's often what we see out there in the world of breast cancer nutrition, conflicting contradictory, confusing information and messaging about what we should be eating. Um, there are, people are also second guessing their choices to say, well, I thought I knew what to do 
to, to eat healthy, but I got breast cancer. So maybe I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And then that can lead to, to the sense of catastrophizing such as, well, if I eat these wrong foods, clearly that made me get breast cancer the first time. That's, you know, really putting a lot of, um, oh, a lot of blame on food for driving breast cancer. I hear that often. So catastrophizing in such a way as saying, well, now if I eat the wrong foods, it'll make my breast cancer come back or make it worse. And there's also having unrealistic expectations about what food and diet and nutrition, what role it plays in survivorship, and then that all or nothing black or white thinking. So those are all the things that drive fearful food decisions and moving someone from that place to fearless food decisions that help them eat with peace, have food peace and enjoy again in their eating, enjoying food is that's a lot of the work that I do um, with my clients. And that's the message we're talking about today. Okay. And and so I just want to clarify something from my own head, because I think I'm, I'm getting my, my mind a little bit kind of goofed up here, I think. Um, so there are better choices that we can make and there are worse choices that we can make. How do we find or know what those better choices are? Like you said, you know, we get misinformation. We, you know, we hear something, we see something, we make the wrong choices based on misinformation. So how do we avoid misinformation and how do we get to the real information? What, you know, what should we be eating? How do we know what we should be eating? And, and obviously, we want to learn to do that without guilt. So we, we don't want to have guilt around, okay, so we made a bad choice one time that's not going to ruin our lives. But how do we make, where do we know to go to get those better choices, you know, in front of us so we can see what we, you know, what makes more sense for us and what do these these other foods do for us that that can help us with our you know, with our recurrence issues or just getting through it the first time, um, you know, because sometimes it's just hard to know what, what we should be, you know, looking at. And I'm, I'm still not really clear on that. I don't have that clearly in my brain yet, you know, where to get that information. Great question. Well, several questions. So let me see if I can take those apart and address them in a way that makes sense. So I think your first question was about how do we know what to eat? How do we know what to do? So I would, what I would encourage your listeners to do is to step back from all of the hype and the focus on single nutrients or superfoods or the miracle foods, step back to nutrition basics. You could say you learned this in, in, when you were a kid, we know that eating Uh, fruits and vegetables and lean meats and low-fat dairy and um, whole grains, you know, unprocessed foods, foods as close to their original form as possible. Quality is what I call it, quality nutrition. That's the basis. You can't go wrong with that. We overcomplicate things because... Often our diets are built these days around um, processed foods, meaning foods you pick up in microwave, frozen foods that you um, quickly reheat, foods that are already prepared and boxed and you just have to eat them straight out of the box. So we lose, we've kind of lost sight of what it takes to nourish us just for normal human health, which is what I mentioned before. Does that make sense? Does yeah. That, I mean, yeah. It's, it's almost, over, I'm almost oversimplifying it, but it really is that simple. If you just want to get to the basics, go well, back to Kathy, basics. for me, I, I need simple. I really, I do need simple because if I have to think too hard about, <laughs> you know, what the deeper meaning is behind everything, I, I kind of can't do it, I think. Um, uh, maybe I, you know, so I, I do need things to, for me, for me, I need things to be kept simple so I can really understand it. And I'm going to guess that I have listeners out there that might also be in that same boat with me. Um, you know, just sometimes I guess I need to be told what do I need to do instead of leaving me to kind of guess and figure it out because I don't always guess right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But you know, Becky, I would say that's a great point because so often the clients I work with and and just when I'm speaking to groups and I get questions from the audience and what I hear is people say they're very quick to point out what they shouldn't be eating. 
I shouldn't eat junk food. I shouldn't mm-hmm. eat desserts. I shouldn't eat fast food. I shouldn't eat a tub of ice cream while I'm watching TV. I mean, they're very quick to point out all of their errors with food. And they're, they have difficulty identifying what they, quote unquote, should be eating when they know, right? It's almost like this push and pull. They, they know what they shouldn't be eating. And if you ask someone, I mean, even you, Becky, who said you like things simple, mm-hmm, you I know, <laughs> fruits, vegetables, the things I mentioned before, those are the basis of a healthy, nourishing diet. But we tend to push that away because it almost seems too simple. We were like, no, it must be more complex than that. I had breast cancer. It, I must. I need something very complicated and very, very specific. And we don't have that yet in the research. I mean, we have guidelines for the healthiest diet mm-hmm. for breast health and overall health, and that's a plant-based diet mm-hmm. or a Mediterranean okay. diet, right? But we... But, so we're very quick to point out what we shouldn't eat or can't eat or don't want to eat or think is not good for us, but we forget the other side. You do know the other side. You just <laughs> tend to ignore it. Well, but, isn't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> we all I mean, want you what know, we want. Orange right? or Twinkie, which is, you know, which is it? That's not hard, but it is hard. Yeah, it, it is. So, yeah. okay, well, um, so we talked, let's talk about fearful food decisions and how do those things how do fearful food decisions drive cravings? Yes, because let's talk about the, the cravings, I think, are what gets me the most. I, I get cravings for something, and then if I don't push it aside, I've got guilt around it, and um, and then I do it anyway. And so what? How do we? how do we push those away? Right. So fearful food decisions make us have cravings because that is a whole cycle of food deprivation. When you tell yourself, I can't have... X. Like, let's use, last week we were talking about one of your favorite treats, Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls, yes. So if you say to yourself, Becky, you cannot have Tootsie Rolls. I will not allow you to eat them. They're off limits. They're bad. They're a no-no. No. Can't have them. What it, can you all not I do thinking is about? think about Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> of course. You, we always crave what we can't have or don't allow ourselves to have, right? And right. those are part of that whole idea around food rules. When you make food rules for yourself that you do not allow yourself to break, all you want to do is break them because we're human beings and that's the way we're wired. And when you break the rules that you've set for yourself, such as not having any Tootsie Rolls ever for the rest of your life, which is impossible, by the way, to adhere to that food rule perfectly, right? Right, Then you feel the guilt when you break the rules. And then guilt drives more of that overeating cycle or more of the I need more Tootsie Roll eating thinking. So you just, you stay in that cycle. And that's what drives, and then you're eating more, um, and I'm not picking on Tootsie Rolls, it could be anything, but you sure. know, Tootsie but Rolls me, are, it's Tootsie Rolls, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're high in sugar and they drive your insulin up and insulin is a hunger hormone. So you, you tend to stay in that place where you don't feel satisfied. It can kind of, it's almost like it kicks off this cascade of eating from a physiological standpoint, mm-hmm. as well as a psychological standpoint. So but isn't it true of, that, that sugar yeah. also feeds cancer? I've read that so many times that sugar, that cancer feeds on sugar, that that's one of the things that keeps it growing or allows it to grow. And is that true or is that, is that just more nonsense that I've read? Well, so here's, okay. So it's a longer answer than yes or no, or true or not true. Cancer is, cancer is, it's cell, it's cells, cancer cells versus healthy cells. Right. When you eat sugar in any form, added sugar, which is Tootsie Rolls, versus natural sugar, which is in mm-hmm. and you know, whole grains, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or even milk sugar that you find in, in yogurt and milk and such. All of those types of sugar feed your healthy cells and they feed your cancer cells. When you eat a Tootsie Roll, it's not just the cancer cells who step up and say, I'll take that. It's all of your cells. But cancer cells are more metabolically active. They're guzzlers. So where your healthy cells may take that sugar in and use it for energy in a, in a you know, just a slower way, um, cancer cells gobble it up and use it. So that's where that thinking of sugar drives cancer or makes cancer worse or feeds cancer. It feeds all of your cells. Every nutrient you eat feeds all of your cells. 
Does okay. that make sense? It it does. And when it but when it feeds a cancer cell and the cancer cells gobble it up as you described, that makes the cancer cells grow, I presume, correct? Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, it, okay. There, there, <laughs> this is the complicated part of the answer. Okay, well, this I is got the you. science part. This is the science. We've got to okay. stick with the science and the evidence, okay. not what okay. we hear about, you know, oh, sugar's... I'm not suggesting that sugar is health food. We all know that. That's why I say go back to the basics. It's not. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, cancer cells are metabolically active, so they need more fuel. So they're taking up more of the sugar. Does... The sugar is involved in the pathways of cancer progression and cancer development, but it's not the main cause. So we know for overall health, reducing the amount of added sugar, not natural sugar, added sugar that we eat in the diet is beneficial overall. So again, that's something that we know, but we tend to want something more complicated with the cancer, meaning, well, we just shouldn't eat sugar, but no one does that because that's impossible. Thank you. Yes, that is that's true. But that's that's really good information because, um, you know, I, I I've never really been a big sugar hound, but I have been lately. <laughs> I'm not <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> not sure what's changed for me that made me. You know, I used to be more salty stuff. You know, that I was if I was going to eat something as a snack, it would be something salty rather than something sweet and sugary. But, you know, it's kind of things are flipping around for me. But you know what, Kathy, on that note, let's go out for a short break. um, Because I want people to have a chance to think about that. And then when we come back, maybe we can, you know, talk about some of these things some more. So plenty to talk about. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, We protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at Electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. And as always, I always mention our four ways you can get involved. One, of course, is to share this uh, the link to this program with a friend that you might have that is kind of struggling with this same topic right now. Send them a link and let them you know, tune in and listen to it. Um, you can also donate to this program to help keep this show going. And you can text, uh, you can you can actually go to breastfriends.org and make a donation online, or you can text the word BF Radio, stands for Breast Friends Radio, to 41444, and that launches a link that you can then you know go online and make a donation online through our texting platform. You can also join Breast Friends Around the Globe, which is a Facebook group page, and meet other people that are listening. We've got people, listeners all over the the world who listen to us, and it's really pretty exciting. And then also nominate yourself to be a guest on my show. Um, 
and maybe you'll be one of my my new faves like Kathy's been for for a while now. She's been, I think this is her seventh or something time on my show. And I love having a good guest that just brings all kinds of information to us. So write me at Becky at breastfriends.org. Let me know what your subject matter would be. And then we'll, you know, talk it over and figure out if it's a good fit for the show and we'll bring you on the show. So with that, we're going to pick up where we left off. So welcome back, Kathy. Um, So we were talking about, you know, it's, it's not just about um, not feeling guilty about the foods you eat. That's certainly important because we don't want to live inside of a little box that we just have no way to get out of. But we do want to make better choices. And, you know, for me personally, I, I need to kind of be told every now and then that that's probably not the best choice for me. <laughs> because if I don't get told that, I may just do it anyway. Um, but, you know, knowing that that sugar does feed all of our cells, including the cancer cells, I think that's important um, because a lot of people might be feeling in that same boat with me right now and they want to make better choices so that their cancer may have a better shot at not coming back but we certainly want to live with some freedoms too to you know make our choices and know but know the decisions we're making and why we're making them so um, so can we pick up on that subject or is it time to move on to the next one or we still got more when we were on the break and you were just, I, I thought about something because okay. as you said specifics can help people make choices that, um, it, it, so let me back up. Having awareness of added sugar, I, I, again, I remind people, take the cancer piece out of it. If you didn't have breast cancer, would you still feel good about sitting down with a huge carton of ice cream or a whole bag of cookies or a bag of candy and eating it all. Would you feel good in your head about no, how that no. impacts your health? Let's take no. weight out of it. Let's take cancer, all of that. Do you know, as an adult, that is not supporting good overall health? Yes. But there is a difference between living on food like that. You never eat anything else except desserts <laughs> and ice cream and candy. I'm laughing, but um, if you, you know, there on have that, been times. <laughs> right? If you lived on that... We don't know what would happen to you. You could live a very long and healthy life and not get cancer. You you know, you might have a dietetic deficiency or a nutrient deficiency, but you could correct that. But you may not have any chronic or, or serious disease from that. We, we don't know. The food doesn't, it's not that direct a correlation. Conversely, you could never touch that stuff, although that's impossible because we're looking at how lifelong habits eating, exercise, impact cancer in later life, not just in the last year or so, but you could eat all of that or none of that or little of that and still get cancer. So it's a very, we just, and I understand how breast cancer survivors want a very clear answer on that. If I eat this, will it make it worse? If I don't eat that, will it not? We just don't have it in the research. However, from a health standpoint, you know that that's not supportive of good overall health. So if you use the guideline of six teaspoons per day of added sugar, keep it six or below, that can maybe give people a more clear, specific idea to think about when they are thinking about what they want to eat. And I'll tell you, four grams, if you look on a nutrition label, you're not going to see this is six teaspoons of sugar. It should be that easy. That would help everyone a lot. But no one's asking me how to write the nutrition label. But so four grams of sugar is equal to a teaspoon. So if you look at a box of cookies and it says um, 12 grams of added sugar, that's three teaspoons of added sugar in the serving size of that particular treat. So let's say Mm -hmm. four cookies gives you 12 grams of added sugar. So that would be three teaspoons of sugar in those four cookies. Does that mean don't eat the cookies? No, it means means don't eat the whole box. Maybe I'll have four, maybe I'll have two, maybe I'll have two and an apple, and that'll be, you know, kind of a balance. So rather than avoiding it completely. So it can give you sort of a framework for where to land if that's helpful to have something more specific. Yeah. And outside of that, if it's natural sugar, you know, fruit, or like I mentioned, dairy products or whatever it may be, natural form of sugar that's a whole different conversation. You know, we're talking about added sugars in sugary mm-hmm. drinks, sugary treats, desserts, candy. Right. That's different. But that's not nutritional food anyway, unless you make it yourself and you're using, 
you know, dried fruit for the sweetener and whole grain flour and olive oil. That There are ways to make treats healthier, but again, that's another conversation too. So is that's this too much work. I just nah, want to buy well, it. Well, there you go. So that's, <laughs> right, 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 right. I just want to buy it. I just don't want to buy the worst one. I mean, you know, if there's something that I would still like, but maybe not love, then maybe I wouldn't have so much of it. You know, I love Tootsie Rolls. So that's not a, that's not a good tree for me. <laughs> Definitely. So no, that, that helps because when you think in terms of, you know, I mean, so many foods, let me backtrack for a moment. So many foods don't start out as what we think of as sugar, but they convert to sugar. Let me give you an example of what I mean, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, pasta. I, I love pasta. I like to make you know Italian spaghetti and sauce and all that. But pasta, the pasta part of this thing, um, can, can has converts. You know, there it's it's a carb, but it converts to, breaks down to sugar. Am I correct, or is that is that baloney? <laughs> you know? All carbohydrates, whether they're mm-hmm. in pasta, rice, apples, mm-hmm. banana. All, all carbohydrates are converted to glucose, Okay, which is a, t- it's a sugar. It is a sugar. sugar. It's a fast acting energy. Your body uses glucose very quickly, breaks it down and uses it quickly. It, it fuels your brain and um, gives, and, and you store glucose in your muscles and your liver for energy. That's how you stay alive when you're sleeping at night and you're not eating. Your body pulls on your glucose stores. So you could say sugar that, I mean, it glucose is sugar, but it's not the, we're not thinking table sugar. That's not what it is. Glucose is a form, right? So, however, I would also say now we have pastas that are bean based. There are garbanzo bean based pastas. There are low carbohydrate um, pastas that are high, you know, low carb for people who have diabetes and need to really manage carbohydrate to manage their disease. So you can get less carbohydrate that is not, and it's more slowly converted because it's, you know, there is some protein and some fiber combined with that. So it slows down the conversion of that, but it does always convert to carbohydrate and, or excuse me, to glucose. And that's why we talk about if you eat whole grain carbohydrates, like whole grain pasta and brown rice and such, that is better for your blood sugar, which is glucose, and it's better for your health overall because there are more nutrients. So, yes, okay. all carbohydrates convert to blood sugar. Yes, glucose. Okay. Because, I mean, I, I've heard that. I just wanted to make sure that if I repeat it, then I'm repeating it accurately. So, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, so that that's, that's helpful to me to know that, too, because I know... You know, I mean, I, I've struggled with my weight a good portion of my life. Um, it's been better in the last few years, but but it's still something that you know you struggle with. And you know, too much sugar in your in your body can you know cause that problem too. So there's just a lot of things that that we can do. It sounds like subtly even um, that can help us you know feel better and maintain some of these things. And and then the breast cancer and the the cancer effect, I think, is just a a benefit, you know, it's if we don't, or if we're not feeding that, but we're also not feeding the other things, you know, keeping our weight more under control, and um, we're just feeling better about ourselves because we we feel better, we look better, we, you know, there's just all of those things. But it's like there's there's that, and then there's this guilt. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like you know, we don't we don't want the guilt, but we also don't want to ignore what's maybe causing some of the problems. So. You know, having the balance of both, I think, is important. Am I rattling? Or <laughs> no, but sense? you know, you said something interesting. You said, you know, when you struggle with your weight and that sugar causes that. All it, weight gain is very complex. You know, there's a genetic component, there's a, a mm-hmm. family history component, there is a lifestyle component. There are all sorts of things: menopause, pre or post menopause women versus men, where we carry body mm-hmm. fat. It, there's a lot there, mm-hmm. but if you take all that away and just look at calories in versus calories out and activity in versus, or excuse me, activity, you know, putting out activity versus not, those two things are very um, critical and important Mm -hmm. in terms of weight management. And what you put in your body, whether it's carbohydrate, protein, fat, all of those, if it's too much calories from all sources, more than your body needs to keep it alive and functioning um, and healthy, you can gain weight. So it's not only carbohydrate sources. Carbs get a very bad rap for being the only food that causes weight gain when the research doesn't support that only carbohydrate. I mean, there is research that shows that any type of quote unquote diet you would go on, whether it's low carb, 
high protein, whatever it is, you can, people lose the same amount of weight because they start paying attention. They start being more mindful. They start Mm -hmm. reducing portions. They start moving more. So my response to that is always, can we do that anyway? (laughs) Can we start (laughs) moving more, fuel our bodies with, you know, good nutrition 80% of the time, leave room for treats because we don't always just, you know, Sometimes you want to treat, and that's yeah, we're not a machine. Fine. We're not <laughs> machines. And what's your nutrition philosophy? You know, I work with women to help them rebuild their health after they've finished treatment. Mm-hmm. And I recommend to them think about of yourself as an architect of your health. And if you are rebuilding your health as an architect, do you want to use quality ingredients to do that, or do you want to use or quality materials, or do you want to use not so quality materials? If you're building a, a home, or mm-hmm. you know, you want to use good quality so that the, the home stands the test of time. Same for your body. If you're rebuilding your health or, you know, let's see how high level quality nutrition you can put in, how much activity you can get, how much fresh air, stress management, all those things. And that's regardless of the breast cancer. It that's just a good, makes very everything good point. better. Yeah, right? that's, a good, that's a good point. And that, that really does make sense when you think about, I like that kind of equating my body to a building, you know, because there there are really crummy, dilapidated buildings that are going to fall down quickly. And then there are ones that are, you know, beautiful and solid and, and are going to stand the test of time. And that's, yeah. that's what I think we all want to, to be. We want to, we all want to live a long, you know, healthy, quality life. And the way we do that is by taking care of what God gave us to start with. And right, and every any building, whether it's your home or a commercial building, there's always a building maintenance person, mm-hmm. right? And what is that building maintenance person's job? To maintain the building. Yeah. You know? <laughs> put oil where it needs to go, put gas where it needs to go, patch things, seal things, make things solid, <laughs> solid. And you're your building, you're your maintenance person. So yeah. <laughs> that's a really good point I, right? I do I do like that and I and I know we we just finished a a very interesting week with um you know with Valentine's Day just you know right behind us and I I don't know how many people are now trying to burn that off and get rid of the guilt from eating all the chocolates that they probably consumed but um <laughs> this is a very timely message for all of this. So, um, but yeah, we we just really want to make. I, I want to make for me better choices because if I make better choices for me, I'm going to make better choices for my kids and my grandkids, who I will get to see more and see longer if I if I'm making better choices for me. And um, so I do I I do want to do that. I'm just trying to figure out how to how to make that happen without. You know, given my health at the moment, it's, it's sometimes it's like the sweets are the only thing that sounds good at the moment. But, you know, well, it's a moment in time. I mean, you mentioned two weeks ago or so being Valentine's Day and how people would have guilt and trying to burn off chocolate. No, 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 no. I would challenge you to shift that mindset. You don't have mm-hmm. to feel guilty or try you don't or to do penance for eating chocolate. Yeah. True. Chocolate is legal. Chocolate is fine. You know, if you want to make it like you're the architect of your rebuilding your health and you want to make a great choice about chocolate, get a high percentage of cocoa. That means there's less sugar in it and have it plain. Maybe put a smear of almond butter on it. So you have Mm -hmm. like a grown up Reese's, you know, that's quality nutrition. But the guilt and trying to burn it off, I would encourage everyone, including you, my friend, to shift that thinking. It's just chocolate. It's not cocaine. It's just chocolate. <laughs> I mean, and I like the grown-up Reese's. That that was good, <laughs> right? I mean, I love those. That's what I'm one of my favorites. I make myself grown-up Reese's, and I enjoy the heck out of them. And you only need a little bit because it's so satisfying because it's not filled with fillers and junk and artificial flavors. It's about, yep. again about going back to the quality. Yep, I get it. I get uh, it. Well, I, I'm really excited about where this conversation is going, and I believe we have one segment left. Um, so we're going to go ahead and go on out to break, and then we're going to come back, and we will we will finish this conversation with Kathy. So thank you. Stay, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. 
please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with Kathy Lehman about eating without guilt, and oh boy, can we all use that once in a while. So, um, so Kathy, let's, let's kind of pick up. I know we were starting to talk about eliminating food cravings, and I don't think we got really far because, you know, sometimes I will wake up at, you know, some ridiculous hour, like two or three in the morning, and I've got some stupid food idea on my head. Now, am I really hungry or is it just I've got something in my mind or is it water do I need I know I need to drink more water so can can we talk about that like maybe what is the benefit of drinking more water might might it help with some of those food cravings that I'm having that I don't need to have <laughs> does does that help I mean well I, you know I I would say have you tried drinking water and does it help I mean, I'm very sincere in that question. If you wake up in the middle of the night thinking you need a certain food and then you think, but maybe I'm just thirsty, do you drink water? And if you do, nope. then what do you, what happens nope. for you? I, I don't, I don't think that. I don't wake up oh. thinking that maybe I just need water, but, oh, I see. but, I, I but I'm thinking you. from our last little conversation that maybe, maybe there's something to that because, you know, we all need water and maybe if we all understand the benefits of drinking more water and putting more you know liquid in us how how does water help us because if we if we have that piece of information maybe that will be our go-to thing at three o'clock in the morning is more <laughs> water you know well, I'm, and I'm serious about that I, yeah. I I know it might sound funny but it's not my go-to thing but it probably should be maybe because maybe I need more water and that's really why I'm waking up I don't know what do you think well, I, you know, I'm not aware of any research that connects lack of water to food cravings, but I do know that I've had people report, and I've, <clears throat> pardon me, I've heard about this in the literature, that sometimes if you are dehydrated, you're thirsty, you think, hmm, maybe I'm hungry. I mean, I think it's difficult for some people to, they wouldn't confuse hunger with thirst, but some people might. Everyone is an individual when it comes to their food preferences and the way their their relationship with food. But I would say, so I would say, try it. You know, ha- keep a glass of water handy. And if you wake up in the middle of the night wanting to eat something, try the water first and just test it. See what you get. See if you say, oh, well, I took care of it. I was just thirsty. Uh, you may say, I was thirsty and I would like a snack to go with my water. And so that's, you know, and, Darn then it. You would, you're right. and then I would encourage you to ask yourself, to your point, am I truly hungry? You know, is this true physiological hunger? And if it is, I could eat an orange right now and I would feel satisfied. But if you said, well, no, an orange is not going to do it, but um, a cookie would, that's not true physiological hunger. That is 
sort of head hunger or mouth hunger. You know, I always ask people, what type of hunger are you experiencing if you're having a craving? Is it head hunger, heart hunger, emotional hunger? What is heart hunger? Heart hunger is where that's connected to emotional hunger. That's a drive to use food to manage emotion. And maybe you're feeling lonely or scared and food helps you cope with that. Okay. So, and and I think we've all had that at some time in our lives, and um, and that is a very real thing. Um, yeah. It, it it it's it's real, and it's kind of scary because when you're feeling like that emotionally, um, you know, drained in some way or another, it it can feel you know very real, like that's the only option. And and when that becomes the only option, then that leads, I think, to some guilt and stress in my life anyway. That. Because I know I, I I should know better than that. <laughs> you know? Well, and you know, part of that is not learning how to manage strong emotion in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that you know, if this it, maybe it's anxiety in the middle of the night. I know a lot of the the women I work with that say I have this anxiety in the middle of the night about the cancer returning, or sometimes they can't even put their finger on it. I, right. It's, a lot of it's from trauma, from the breast cancer, the trauma of having breast cancer. And so what do you do with that feeling? You can't change the circumstance of having breast cancer, but you can change what you do with these emotions. You can sit and feel them and you can journal about them and you can try and move them out of your body, not in the middle of the night, you're not going to exercise probably, but you know, during the day being really mindful about what you're feeling, what you're thinking, how, you know, how your where your emotions are and really connecting to how your thoughts drive your behaviors and your Mm -hmm. feelings and how that's all connected. And so that's not solved with food. You know, the food will feel good in a second in the instant you're eating it because it either distracts you from those uncomfortable feelings or Mm -hmm. it stuffs those uncomfortable feelings down in a way so you don't have to face them. But that it's a short term solution. You still will have the feelings. It comes out somewhere, right? The emotions, the feelings. So really dealing with just sitting in the in the icky is what I like to say. Just sitting sit. in the icky. Yeah, oh. Sit in it. I know. <laughs> see, yeah, that's hard that's, for people. That's a good meeting. Yeah, yeah. It really, it really is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's you know three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. I wake up. I've tried water. Water maybe helped a little bit, but I still have this craving. Are there things I can do at that moment in my day that will help those cravings go away? Just you know, what, what can we do to make the cravings just stop? Is there, is there something or yeah. is it just something we have to learn to do? Yeah. So cravings, even what you're just describing to me, that's usually if you've determined you're not truly physiologically hungry. Like right. if someone came into your bedroom and said, Becky, let's go out for dinner. You'd be like, no, I'm not that hungry. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about food. It's about something else. So okay. having coping mechanisms in place to take care of that craving because there's an urge you get an urge for a food right a craving could be described as an urge would you Mm -hmm. agree yes okay and so cravings and urges are like waves they come in and they go back out so if at three o'clock in the morning when you have this urge if your phone rang or you got a text from someone it would distract you and you would probably forget about the food i'm guessing Yes, probably so. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you'd be distracted by something else, which means you're not truly hungry. You are surfing an urge for a craving, and that craving is usually to take care of something else, an emotion or a thought or feeling, right? So what can you do to surf that urge until it goes out again that is not food-focused? Can you, in that moment, can you journal? Could you go read something? Like maybe you have something spiritual that you read. I know that's important to you. Or maybe mm-hmm. someone else would choose something inspirational, although those could be the same thing, but maybe not, spirit. you know, whatever your go-to is that you like to read to feed your mind to feel good in your head. Could you, um, um, could you play a, a word game? Um, you know, I, I hesitate to say on your phone because that light, the backlight from your phone can mm-hmm. throw off your circadian rhythm of sleep and the goal is to get you back to sleep. But, you know, do you have a word puzzle that you do without a phone or do you, something that's not food related mm-hmm. that helps? Yeah, you. you know, that's a good point because I, I do, I love jigsaw puzzles. I, and now that you can actually have them on your device, I have it on my iPad and I can set my iPad into a, 
a nighttime mode so it's not really bright. Oh yeah. And and then and you can and I up, actually upgraded years ago to the $2.99 version and I can actually <laughs> upload my own photos now, which is very oh, cool nice. and within an instant it can converted into a 400 piece puzzle oh, and which is awesome. And then I can do my own puzzles, but, um, or I can download theirs, whatever I want. But, um, but those are, those are handy, but I I hesitate to do it because I might wake up my husband. So I'll actually, (laughs) I do this backwards. I go out to my, into my living room with my iPad and then I get my snack and (laughs) do my puzzle. So I need to try to do the puzzle first and not the snack and maybe I'll fall asleep again and, and then not have that snack. That, that might actually be helpful to me because it really is about something else. I know it is. It's, you know, a Tootsie Roll is not going to make me not hungry. You know, no. if I have a if I have a little small, one of those little midget ones that you buy in the big bag, mm-hmm. that is not going to make me not hungry, but it will satisfy something. Good you know, point. But, yes. but maybe maybe the jigsaw puzzle can satisfy that same thing or at least get me back to sleep or something. And and so I, I think that that would be, you know, very helpful, you know, for me to to personally just kind of look at that. And I, and I and I know just in talking to some of the other women that I've spoken to, a lot of women, I mean when we're dealing with with something scary like cancer, you know, it can keep you awake in all kinds of ways, just you know, the fear of the cancer itself, where it's leading, where it's where you think it might go and maybe it will never go there, but you know, in our minds we kind of think it might. And and so we get we kind of get scared and we look for other things to help us um I guess grab hold of something that we feel, you know, safety in, and mm-hmm. and food brings safety to people, you mm-hmm. know, and um, yeah. and so I'm just trying to find alternative ways to do it because that kind of food is probably not bringing me to a place of safety. It's probably doing exactly the opposite, um, just because it's just it is just sugar and and it's just filling a an emotional need of some sort, and. But there may be other ways for me to fill that emotional need. And, um, you know, prayer and spiritual things and my jigsaw puzzle, as silly as that sounds, um, it, those are all things because I can think about other stuff while I'm doing my jigsaw puzzle. And usually yeah. it's positive thoughts, you know, that are yeah. going in my head at that time. So so there's a lot of different ways to do it. And um, But I think bottom line, Kathy, when I, you know, when I look at you and I, you know, see your image and, you know, you're, you're so, um, you just look so together, you know, like you've been doing this right most of your life. And I know for a lot of us in, in this world, we've struggled with, with food and our relationship to food for our, a big portion of our life. And, you know, it's why, how can one person do it so much better than another person? And, and it, I think it really does come down to understanding that relationship and, and not being, um, not, oh, what I want to say, not putting ourselves in a box over it and feeling bad about it, but just making better choices, even if it's just one at a time, one little choice at a time that we do better. And, you know, that may be the thing that, that changes it for us, just making one little choice that's better. Because it, it's hard to change everything at once, but but you know maybe you can make make one choice. You know that's that's better. And maybe for me, it's going to be getting up and having a drink of water at, at two or three in the morning. You know, and um, and because I, I do love cold water. You know, and if, it's got to be cold though to be good for me. I don't like it if it's warm. So I would get up and pull it out of the refrigerator and and drink it that way. But um, I think that that for me would be probably helpful. And you know, for our listeners, please tell me your input on that. On Go to the the Breast Friends Global page, the you know Breast Friends around the globe, and ask to jo- you have to ask to join the first time, and then I will admit you in. But let me know your thoughts on on eating, and you know what helps you, and what what areas do you struggle in. I would love to know more about this because I want to think I'm not the only one in the world that's experiencing this and throwing my whole story out here for everyone to hear and everyone to judge. But um, but if there are others, maybe we can all support each other and and be an encouragement to each other. I think that's that's really important. So, I don't know. That's a lot of blab, blathers right there. But, <laughs> but um, well, I don't know. Does that does that make sense, what I'm saying, Kathy, or am I just rambling? No, you're not rambling. And I would say most of it made sense. The part that I would just speak to is I am not a perfect 
person in the way in, in any way I am I am not I'm like any other person in that I'm a work in progress but I do have my friend tells me she says Kathy you have psychotic discipline <laughs> and she told me I should write a book called psychotic discipline because <laughs> I just I know and partially it's you know a lot of it is just genetic programming it's also, this is my life's work. This is what I've done for 20 years is behavior mm-hmm. change and healthy habits. Because my personal philosophy is that I take care of myself, not mm-hmm. to the exclusion of being perfect. But, you know, if you think about it, who says that not taking care of yourself is the preferred method of getting through life? Who says that's the quote unquote right way? There's that's nothing true. wrong with taking as great care of yourself as you can. I think that's honoring yourself, quite frankly. Oh, and I so... Agree. Right. And so, you know, could I, you know, I I just, I know what makes me feel good and I need to function at a very high level because the work that I do with the women that I work with, I need to be there for them. And I need a lot of energy and focus. And, and there's a lot of, I mean, my profession, nutrition science, you know, that's, there's, I'm constantly learning and keeping up with the new things. And so I need to be on and I need to fire at all cylinders. And I know what helps me do that. And that's how I base the choices for myself on. Not about being perfect or being better than someone. So I just wanted to put that out there. That's my decision. And everyone can make that decision. Everyone. I, I get that. Right? I get that. And I appreciate your comments. And I will tell you this. If you do write that book called Psychotic Discipline, <laughs> I will have you back on my show to talk about it. Because so, I love that title. That's a really good one. So It is a good are, one. I crack up whenever she tells me, you really need to write that book, yeah, Psychotic you, I think Discipline. You do. So, I yeah, think you do. so we are actually out of time, Kathy. So um, I, I do have to let you go. But I do want to remind our listeners that you can get in touch with Kathy. You can go to her website, which is kathyleeman.com. And it's C-A-T-H-Y-L-E-M-A-N.com. You can follow her on Instagram at hormone.breastcancer.dietitian. She's got uh, all kinds of things going on. So you, you check her out on her website. You can learn so much more about her. And I think that if you get to know her a little bit, you will love her as much as I do. She's been really great. So, um, And also a reminder to you know visit our our. our uh, show is on almost every platform out there so you can find us easily go to any podcast platform search for breast friends podcast will come up you can subscribe and get notified when there's a new episode which is every week so um with that um remember to to make a donation online if you possibly can it just helps keep our show going and in this year of of covid it's been it's been a tough year for for almost all nonprofits from a fundraising standpoint so you know if you can help do and if you can't help financially listen and spread the word that's that's good too we need all of that so we will be back next week and until then remember there is always hope and we're here to help you find it thank you for listening to breast friends cancer support radio please join becky olson again next wednesday at 12 o'clock noon eastern time 9 a.m pacific time on the voice america health and wellness channel there's always hope And we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.